4: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today.
5: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport.
4: And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: Welcome, everybody. It's the Thursday edition of Clay and Buck. We're starting right now. Appreciate you being with us. Uh, look, the biggest breaking news in the last 24 hours, as I'm sure many of you have seen, the... Uh, horrific mass shooting up in Lewiston, Maine. Uh, a manhunt, a massive manhunt underway right now for the shooter. Uh, the death toll has reached 18 as of now. 13 have been, have been injured. Uh, they have a suspect. Uh, they are looking for him. I believe he may have crossed over into Maine. It is, uh, from, I'm sorry, crossed over to Massachusetts from Maine. And it is uh, possible that they will have. Uh, caught him over the course of this show. So we will continue to bring you any live updates from that. I, I watched this morning as the governor of Maine and and uh, other officials were addressing this issue. Uh, so it it is the highest casualty mass shooting in the U.S. this year. Uh, we will follow this with any updates. So for right now, we are still hoping that this will be brought swiftly to a conclusion by law enforcement. And uh, we'll tell you if we have anything further as we go through the show we also have uh, updates on the situation in uh, gaza right now israeli airstrikes are outpacing at this point uh, day by day what were used even at the height of the war against isis remember donald trump when he was president brought about the destruction of the islamic state of iraq and syria uh, and air air power was a major component of that the israelis using even more airstrikes right now. Is reading an analysis of this last night. Uh, and there's also an update on how this massive terrorist attack, how, how was the Israeli intelligence apparatus caught entirely unaware of this? And it has to do in part with going low-tech to defeat high-tech. Uh, I'll give you details on that. Plus, uh, New York City has a new possible idea to deal with migrants that i will bring to your attention that really um, brings home i think the notion of new york city as a refugee camp uh, i'll explain that later uh, and congressman jamal bowman has turned himself into police on that fire alarm pulling incident he looks like he's going to plead to a misdemeanor um, clay I, I we have an, I, I know you have a big COVID story you want to get to. We'll get to that in the second hour of the program. But I, I think one of the continuing uh one of the one of the continuing stories that we're seeing play play out here is the uh, support that is showing up, particularly on college campuses. I'd say more so even than what you're seeing in most of the traditional or legacy media. But the support on college campuses for Hamas, you know, there was a an incident at, uh, Cooper Union, which is yeah. in New York City that I, you know, it's a place that I've, you know, walked past a, a million times in my life. And, uh, they had Jewish students who effectively had to barricade themselves into a part of a library because of the aggressive pro Hamas, uh, protesters that were shouting and, you know, they, they felt threatened. Police were called the whole thing. We're seeing this happening and continue to happen. And I think we're, we're likely to have a continuation of these uh, these protests and these, uh, you know, riots, mobs, whatever you want to call them, depends on which one we're talking about, as the ground offensive begins, which looks like it's now, yeah, it's, it could be any day, it's been that way for a while, but the uh, Israelis have crossed over into Gaza with some tanks, so there's more movement on the ground than we've seen before. But the campus politics of this, I do think, is still... A shock to a good portion of the Democrat party, never mind the rest of the country.
2: Yeah, I, 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 legitimately think if, if, if you are Jewish and, uh, and you have been paying attention to what's going on and, and let's say you are 65 years old, right? And you just always vote Democrat because that is your team, right? That is the tribe that you have aligned with. And you never really give that much thought to it. And you think Trump is awful and you like uh, Joe Biden or you liked Barack Obama. And, you know, this is just your team. I think Jewish people all over the country are increasingly looking around and saying, how did this happen? And I don't think it's just Jewish people. I think there are tens of millions of Americans who are being red-pilled right now as we see what is taking place all over this country. And I I just keep coming back, Buck, to the Harvard-Harris poll. And we talked about this, but I think it's emblematic of what we're seeing on college campuses. For people under the age of 34 in America, according to that Harvard-Harris poll, it's basically 50-50 on whether Hamas was justified in the terror attack that they unleashed upon 1,400 innocent Israelis. And for people over 65, it's 91 to 9 that it was not justified. So, Buck, think about the world in which we have, and and I know there's always a difference of opinion as people get older. They have different opinions than they might have had when they were young. But when we have created a world, and by the way, 34 ain't that young. Right. You, uh, by the time you're 34, I mean, I had three kids, basically, yeah. by the time I, mean, I was 34. You're an
1: adult, you are who you are, you know what the world is, and you're making decisions based on your actual character and knowledge of Correct. things
2: around you. because I can still give a pass to a lot of 18- and 19-year-olds who are just young and dumb and stupid, and they're not particularly educated.
1: Isn't it amazing, when, when you are 18 or 19, yes. you think you're so worldly an adult and then you actually get older and you realize even a worldly or you know a a wise 18 year old is a fool
2: yes i talk to my boys all the time about this um because and i'm sure you remember this buck and i bet your brothers do too and every man who is out there listening to me right now is going to 100 percent nod along the dumbest human beings on the planet are teenage boys And I don't know that there is a dumber age of teenage boy than like 14 or 15 or 16. And I I say this fondly as someone who has a 13-year-old boy and soon to be a 16-year-old boy. You just make, you look back on the decisions that you make in those years, and it's a wonder that any teenage boy ever survives into adulthood. And I always kind of jokingly say, but I'm trying to get their attention when I say it, no girl's final two words, Buck, in her entire life have ever been, watch this. And, and when I say that, every, everybody out there, you just take risks that are totally unnecessary. You do things that are dumb, oftentimes to try to impress girls. And so that's why, uh, I, I think in general, yeah. young people do dumb things and they grow out of doing dumb things. So I'm not as troubled by that, but 34 year olds, when, when you start talking about 25 to 34 year olds, one thing to say 18 to 24 year olds. 25- to 34-year-olds, Buck, in that Harvard-Harris poll, or 50-50, essentially, on whether or not Hamas was justified to murder brutally 1,400 innocent Jewish people.
1: Well, you know, Clay, there's, I, I think there's a um, a realization that people are having now as well. It, it, it's, it's early in the school year for freshmen to have been, uh, or rather, it's early in the process for freshmen in college to have been so thoroughly brainwashed. What I mean by this is, I think a lot of the um, anti-Semitism and pro-Hamas stuff you're seeing, it actually starts even earlier than that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that kids, you know, the indoctrination that you even are, are receiving in in high school is clearly apparent in this. Uh, now, I know, I know, I remember my first week at Amherst a very, very long time ago. They do start the brainwashing right away. So, you know, maybe, but I mean, we're at the second month of the school year. Some of these students you're seeing, you've got to assume they're freshmen, they're sophomores. They haven't been around that long. And so I do think that there's probably, uh, a good portion of this that is again, the propaganda and how it seeped in that, you know, you've got 16 and 17 and 18 year olds seeing things on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, Seeing things on social media, on YouTube, commentary from other people who are, you know, either their age or a little bit older who view this in these incredibly wrongheaded and very, uh, you know, oversimplified terms of, you know, Israel is the occupier and all, all this, um, you know, apartheid state, all of that rhetoric. So I think it's, we often talk about how, how they're trying to indoctrinate on whether it's trans issues or other things at a younger age. I think this identity politics stuff that we're seeing yeah. and, and also the anti-Semitism, it's starting earlier than just college. I mean, I know some of these are post-grad students and they're like 28 and they're working on useless degree number three, but you can look in these videos. There's, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds who are in these marches and you're like, how, how do they get so brainwashed so fast? Um, I think that it starts even younger than a lot of people realize. And, and if you go, by the way, to, to switch gears to actually Hamas, and the brainwashing that occurs over there different than what we see here clay they start in in children in, in uh, with children's books yeah about the Zionist entity
2: they start you know brainwashing the kids against jews when they're basically like toddlers every youth group wants to believe that they are the smartest generation that has ever existed and that the people that are older than them got everything wrong and they have no idea what they're talking about and there is a form of rebellion and it used to be, Buck, and I, I think this is so fascinating psychologically, it used to be that kids rebelled by, a lot of them, drinking beer, smoking pot, engaging in risky behavior, uh, with, uh, with their, their teenage years. What's interesting is if you look at the data, kids actually engage in far less risky behavior now. I think there are many different reasons for that. I'm going through this right now. I've mentioned that I'm going to be teaching my 15-year-old how to drive a car. You grew up in New York City, so things might have been a little bit different, Buck. When I was in school, you wanted to get your driver's license the day that you turned 16. And I bet most of the people that are out there listening to me right now... You remember your first friend to get the driver's license. The fact that you could get in a car and suddenly ride with your friend and go all over the place. That was a huge form of, of, of gaining uh, esteem, of gaining self-sufficiency, freedom. I think kids experience that now at a younger age, but it's online, right? It's on social media. They all define their lives through How many followers do you have on TikTok? How many people are liking your picture on Instagram? And their worldview is, as a result, not actually the real world. It's very much artificially constrained in social media. And I think they're getting positive feedback with the algorithms, this is my theory, for embracing left-wing dogma. Because by and large, all of these social media algorithms feed them left-wing, uh, perspectives, which is, which is crazy. And I, I think that a lot of them really buy into the good, evil dynamic, not based on what people are doing, but based on the concept of colonizer, colonized, uh, oppressor uh, relationships. And I think a lot of the people listening to us, Buck, don't even have any idea that their kids are being experienced, uh, exposed yeah, well, to this.
1: The, a lot of these college kids, again, they, they think of this as, um, as a like their framework for thinking of the Arab-Israeli or Arab-Palestinian, I'm sorry, Palestinian-Israeli conflict is um Ashkenazi Jews who you know are Caucasian, you know, white. Um, Ashkenazi Jews oppressing dark-skinned uh, or you know brown Palestinian people. Yeah,
2: it's all color-based. And,
1: and, and anyone, right? So they think of this as really primarily i'm talking about the left in this country it's a different yeah. thing in the middle east where it's much more actually religiously based than it is skin color based in yep. this country the left thinks of it as a uh, a race primarily Correct. a race issue and as i've said all along that is in a it's not just a simplification it's enormously wrong because uh a large percentage of they're, they we call them uh, mizrahi jews a large percentage of the jews in israel come from north africa iraq Iran, the, you know, the broader Middle East. That is just, of color
2: of the skin doesn't even work if you actually look at this, yes. but this is the mindset and, that America has created.
1: And, and there's, you know, the very, it's very well known, but there are also Ethiopian Jews who are not white. Uh, you know, you go down the, the list of all the different, and then you have about a million plus Palestinians living in the state of Israel in security and with laws and, you know, running businesses and raising their families and everything's fine. So this notion of this, Evil racist apartheid state is an abject falsehood. Yeah. And it's not even, and to say it's a caricature isn't even even accurate. It is a falsehood rooted in ignorance. But that ignorance, this is where we're getting to with the social media. Clay, it's everywhere. And it's rewarded. It's rewarded. You're a good person if you believe the lie. And that's what you're seeing with these young people. I don't think a lot of these young people that you see protesting out there um, they're they're. I don't think they really understand even what it is that they're supporting. I think they've convinced themselves that some of the stuff they've seen on TV or heard about that Hamas did, they didn't really do. This is where you get into the denialism or the cognitive dissonance. I think that some of them are so ignorant of the conflict that they just think of this as like David and Goliath, which is interesting because you know yes,
2: it's a right, biblical
1: reality. Anyway, but uh, they think of it in those terms. But in the background of all this, there are also vile anti-Semite, anti-Semites who are using really the kind of useful idiots of the pro-Hamas cause, the pro-Palestinian cause here for their own purposes.
2: Is there anything dumber in American modern recent history, just to think about, maybe you have ideas, 800 282 than people who are zealous LBGTQ advocates marching in support of Palestine? I'm not sure we can think of a dumber, more incongruous pairing than people who would get murdered if they were in Palestine celebrating and supporting Palestinian terrorists. Think about this for a second. Our military is 100% volunteers, uh, men and women who raise their hands to sacrifice for this country. When they're done serving, they re-enter a difficult job market and economy with rampant inflation. That's a tough hand to be dealt. That's why we're happy a private company like Pure Talk Jumped in to help. They're encouraging you to help alongside of them. Switch your cell phone company to Pure Talk. Get their superior service, and they'll donate a portion to alleviating $10 million in veteran debt by Veterans Day. After over two weeks, they're already over half of the way, thanks to you guys. You're sacrificing nothing. In fact, probably going to save a fortune. Because Pure Talk's plan started just 20 bucks a month offering unlimited text, uh, talk, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Just dial pound 250. Say the keywords Clay and Buck. My own son, 15-year-old, has this phone. We rely on it to stay in touch with him. Again, dial pound 250. Say Clay and Buck to switch to Pure Talk today. It's the right move, and it's the American way. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, voices of sanity in an insane world.
0: Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I can't believe
2: it, Buck, but I'm gonna give props to John Fetterman of Pennsylvania again. I mean, when somebody's right, they're right. Here's what Fetterman tweeted out. I was profoundly moved to meet with the survivors of the October seventh massacre and families of Hamas's hostages. Together, we began to post photos of the hostages outside my office to stress the urgent need to bring them home. My office is posting every last one. It has a photo of all of these being posted. Buck, this is a big deal. One, he's 100% right on this. You're seeing all over the country leftists ripping down these hostage photos because they don't... I mean, this is crazy to me because they don't want that story of these guys to get out. They're also putting up... Occupier over
1: you know, kidnapped or hostage, you know, they're, they're replacing the uh, designation of these as, as hostages. Uh, I mean, if you remember, Hamas has committed effectively all at once here, like every war crime you can think of. Yeah. Everything. You know, rape, murder, kidnapping, mutilation, everything. They're the bad guys. And there's this whole, you know, slow recognition on the left of, they're not just the bad guys, Clay. They're indefensible. They're evil. They're evil. Their cause can justify none of this. And that then causes real problems for the left in and of itself.
2: No doubt. And I'm still waiting on Joe Biden to come out and point out, hey, you were so fired up about Charlottesville. How about some of the stuff that's going on? We'll talk about that Cooper Union, uh, issue. We'll also play some audio. Uh, not surprisingly, some of the squad refuse to vote to condemn Hamas uh, on the house floor. Team at MyPillow, proud to announce new product introductions called My Towels. Uh and look, this is uh super awesome. These towels, uh, they're giving you a 60-day money-back guarantee, 10 year warranty. Right now you can get a six-piece towel set for an amazing introductory sale price, low as twenty nine ninety-eight when you use our code uh clay and buck on that promo. Uh you can go online right now, mypillow.com, get the designer premium lines, just twenty bucks more. Here's how you get hooked up again, mypillow.com. Click on the radio listeners special square and you can get the six piece towel set, 50% off in savings. Enter that promo code, Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269. That's mypillow.com. Use the code, Clay and Buck. Do it today.
6: Let them go and volunteer gay students for Palestine in Gaza transgender students from Palestine in Gaza. You know how long they would last? One day they'd be hanged from the rafters. The best proof that this is all anti-Semitism, as Jonathan Greenblatt said, the best proof is that these groups that they support hate gays, they hang them, hate transgender people, hate women, treat them as third-class citizens. And yet these protesters are willing to give them a pass on these core issues, as long as they also hate Jews and the nation-state of the Jewish people.
1: Very well said, there by Harvard uh, professor of law Alan Dershowitz. Uh, he he gets it uh, on this issue. There there is a really a, a, a stunning lack of gosh, Clay. Lack of context, lack of knowledge, lack of sanity—that is on display from so many of these students. Who, for them, as I as I've been saying, the racial dynamic of Israel and Palestine is—they have no idea what they're what they're talking about. I mean, very few of them have actually even been to the region. You've noticed, and, and then for a lot of them, they make this a a religious issue without really understanding. Well, hold on, which religion is really the oppressed religion? The one with two billion people or the one that had to survive a Holocaust in the 20th century and has had thousands of years? Or, I mean, I, I can't even begin to get into the history of anti-Semitism. I'd have to spend days and days just talking about it. So which which is the religious group that's really oppressed? They have this so backwards. And then on top of that, their solidarity is with people who hate them. <laughs> Think about
2: that for a moment. I, like, but I tend not
1: to love people who hate
2: me this is so funny to think about in a sad way they could go to israel they could live a totally normal life right like you could live in israel the country that you claim to believe is a colonizing tel aviv has, i'm being place. serious tel aviv has like a
1: i believe a very
2: uh big pride Monst- parade every year huge again. huge number of gay transgender people you could live a totally normal life if you went to Palestine. I would, it would just be an amazing, uh, South Park-like moment to try and have a gay pride parade in Palestine. Right? To take all these 20,000 people who are marching through the streets saying like, you know, intifada, intifada, all these people, if you just put them in a, you know, got a bunch of planes, flew them over there, said, okay, let's tour Israel. You'd be able to do whatever you want. Go, you know, wear your walk around with your gay pride clothing on. Go into any store, any restaurant, sit outside, drink a coffee, have a good time, see what you can do in Israel, and then go to Palestine and see how but the difference would be. I the, the the stupidity and ignorance buck on these people in particular, I think it's the single dumbest like I think defund the police is the dumbest actual slogan that's out there, but I can at least politically understand where it came from, even though again it was insanely stupid. To be marching in favor of people that would murder you if you marched in favor of what you're marching in favor of in their country and in their region yeah. is so profoundly stupid that I, I can't even believe people could be that dumb.
1: It would, it would be, I think, quite an, uh, an illuminating exercise to sit down with some of these, uh, students. And you know the ones that are chanting, you know, Intifada and from the river to the sea yeah. and all the which we've seen at school after school after school across the country. I, I The Palestinian issue on on campus, you know, there are other left wing causes like the trans issue. Yeah, it's big on campus, but there's a whole apparatus of these like different um, you know pressure groups and and nonprofits and corporate America, right? I mean, that's where you see some left wing issues really at their most powerful. The Palestinian thing on, on campus is where it is more profoundly entrenched than anywhere else. But it would be, uh, it would be interesting, I think, Clay, to sit down and ask some of these students who are, who are making these chants, uh, you know, they're young, they're young adults. Yeah. Or, you know, adult. how about just adults? I mean, they're adults, uh, making these chants and ask them, so what do you want Israel to do? You know what? What do you really think should happen here? Because you'll notice there's a lot of, oh, we need a ceasefire, we need a pause, we need human. Okay, ceasefire for how long? Humanitarian corridor open for how long? No, is the demand no military response from Israel? I think you would have a lot of them say yes. Israel does not, because what they'll say right now is Israel has a right to defend itself, but, and then in that but, it's there's there needs to be humanitarian corridor, there needs to be. Uh, you know, laws of war respected. They say all this other stuff. They say, okay, so at what point is Israel actually allowed to go in there and bring justice to the Hamas terrorists who killed 1,400 other people? None of them would say that that's okay. Because they don't actually believe in Israel's right to defend itself. Because they don't actually think that Jews should be in the land of Israel.
2: That's that's what it really boils down to. That's the scary part is the part you just said at the end. Uh, You know, saying, hey, they shouldn't respond There shouldn't, you don't answer violence with more violence. I think that's wrong. And you can just point to what would we do, as we said as an example, if a, if a cartel from Mexico came into America and killed 1,400 people, no one would say, well, they're back on their side of the wall now. They're back on their side of the river. We shouldn't do anything. No, there would be uh, a military response to that, right? I think everybody rationally understands it. You can also make the analogy. Post 9-11, you wouldn't say, hey, let's have a ceasefire. Buck, what is scarier to me than that argument, which I disagree with, but at least as an argument, is I think most of them would not even make that argument. I think what you ended with is where they would say, well, Israel needs to abandon Israel and give it back to the Palestinians right. from the river to the sea, which means basically, well, okay, where do you want the Jews to go? By the way, Jews have been, Jews have been in Israel for really a really long, long time, time, right, thousands and thousands of years, which comes back to the question of the the whole idea of this colonizing universe is predicated on drawing an arbitrary line as to when someone is allowed to actually be somewhere, right? Are are because I mean I could say are the uh, immigrants who come to the United States now are they trying to colonize the United States when they're walking around? screaming, you know, from the river to the sea, you're not originally from here. You weren't uh, just about everybody in the history of the United States, except for like 0.5% or 1% of the population. Your ancestors came here at some point, probably on a boat, most recently on an airplane. Like everybody, the whole country has been colonized at some point. The whole world has been colonized.
1: But there's this, and I think it's almost intentional, this historical ignorance that exists. Um, and, and there, this is, this is very broad based, but the notion of, uh, of the Islamic conquest is always pushed aside. And it's like history is supposed to start in the eighth century, the ninth century, you know, and, and, and when I mean start, it's like, well, this land is now Muslim and it's always and forever Muslim. Jerusalem was, and that, that whole part of the world we're talking about now, Syria, Lebanon, uh, it, modern day Israel, they were part of the Byzantine Christian Empire. Yeah, and, and there's a lot then the of Ottomans. Then the Ottomans took it over by the sword, <laughs> and and that was you know Ottoman. There was the Ottoman Mandate or Ottoman uh province of of Palestine, and you know before that the Christians, uh Christians had been there for. It, it, you go back in history and you find out that this is land that has changed hands many times. And people like to just sort of plant the flag at one point and say, "Well, it's actually ours forever now."
2: That's, That's again, how it's going to work. Leave aside the religion aspect of it. The Bible has a tremendous amount of history in it, right? Even if you're not directly committed to the Christian faith and you're not committed to any religious faith at all, there is a tremendous mm. amount of historical accuracy in the Bible as to who were, who was the rulers. Uh, what, you know, what, what cities existed, all these different things. I mean, the Bible as a historical artifact is a fascinating read, leaving aside the religious aspects.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could argue that, you know, you should, okay, you could hand over Israel or, you know, ha- hand over Jerusalem. Uh, and at the same time though, let's hand over Istanbul to the Roman Catholic Church because it used to be the Eastern portion of the Roman Catholic Church and then it got overrun.
2: How about I'm, that? We, we could do this all day. I'm getting to be a nerd on on a bunch of different historical. Yeah. It's called Constantinople
1: for all of you who you know, <laughs> remember. Yeah,
2: I I'm reading about Magellan right now. This is I, I'm now going back uh, since I went to Rome. Like I'm fascinated by uh, uh, obviously the, the age exploration of exploration was one
1: of the coolest eras. Uh, I mean, we we could have a whole thing about this. So I, that I,
2: I I am an expert. on, like I can tell you anything about the Civil War, for instance. Right, I'm pretty. I would say an expert in general on American history, but I'm learning. I'm I'm getting fascinated by other aspects of uh, of, of of world history. And the whole idea of of where we draw lines and decide good guys, bad guys, is from a historical perspective so fundamentally broken that I look at some of these kids on college campuses and I just want to walk up and just smack them. And the, oh, we'll play this audio when we come back. Like you, ignorant little nincompoop, right? Like you don't even know what you don't even know what you don't know. Um, and so this idea of good and evil and, and not being able to call direct evil that happens in your life, like you're worried about what somebody did 600 years ago, and you're not concerned about what somebody did two weeks ago. How about you focus on things that happen in your own life? Just an idea. I, mean,
1: I, I just would be curious how many of these protesters know that the the entirety of the Levant was Jewish and then Christian controlled long before it was Muslim. I think the answer is almost none of them know this. Of course. I think they know I, they have no idea. And don't even get me started on Ottoman slavery, enslavement of Christians. And they're like, what? That never happened. Oh, yes, it did. Whole other conversation. Look, if you think the Biden administration is the worst we've seen in the White House, just wait until you learn of their plans for our currency system. According to a former Wall Street insider and digital currency expert, a smart man by the name Tika Tawari, they're contemplating replacing our paper currency with a digital dollar. Business Insider, the business publication, has confirmed the forthcoming possibility here of this change by writing, the U.S. Treasury's efforts to create a digital dollar for the U.S. could be imminent. Tika Tawari believes the official announcement will come sometime this fall. That's why he's released an online video to help you prepare. Go to this website to see the video, dollarrecall.com. Among other items, you'll learn how to opt out of this digital dollar. That's dollarrecall.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group
2: heard it on the show, hear more on the podcast. Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives. More content, more common sense. Find the guides on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.
4: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I know a lot of you are frustrated by what you've seen on college campuses. I know a lot of you out there, also on top of that, probably have kids and grandkids at many of these campuses, and I hope you're educating them as best you can to some of the stupidity that some of their classmates are engaging in. And, Buck, I think you and I are of the opinion, we agree, that you shouldn't kick college kids off campus, expel them, for stupid opinions. Even if those opinions are, in, in our opinion, indefensible, because once you set the precedent for what opinions are allowed and not yes. allowed on campus, next thing you know... Uh, if you think that men should not be able to compete as women or you refuse to use someone's pronouns or, or heck, if you think you can say all lives matter instead of just black lives matter. Like, all of that would be uh, potentially, given the fact that colleges tend to lean left, I think people with right-of-center political opinions would end up being the targets more often than not. I mean, I
1: think as abhorrent as it is, you have to have college students able to say... You know, they think Israel is an occupying, you know, occupying nation, a bad country, whatever. You know, they're allowed to criticize the state of Israel on campus. I mean, obviously, that's going on all over the place. But I'm saying we can't advocate for a change to that. What you can advocate for is counter speech, pointing out how stupid it is, pointing out how wrong it is. I think then we discussed this a little bit yesterday. The line gets different when it's, oh, yeah, no, we favor you know, ethnic cleansing or genocide or we support the violence that, that just occurred and want more of it. Cause that then is incitement, right? There, there yeah. is a, there's a violence line in the speech that I do think can be maintained here, but saying really heinous, stupid things, it is free, you know, you either believe in free speech or you don't. And heinous, stupid things are covered under free speech.
2: But what I think you can do is if you're a donor, and I know we've got a lot of people who donate money to colleges out there that are listening to us right now, some to high schools, um, this was, I believe, Leon Cooperman on Fox Business Channel he's earlier a super today. Super well-known
1: for- hedge fund billionaire, and I think he used to run research at Goldman Sachs, so he's a very well-known guy on the street, on Wall Street.
2: He's given over $50 million to Columbia. Columbia has been one of the central locations where they've had pro-Hamas protest on campus. You know,
1: there's, there's a, a history here as well. Um, Edward Said, who is someone that you will, this is someone that I studied, Back when I was doing effectively Middle East studies, although it was kind of interdisciplinary at Amherst, Edward Said Clay uh, wrote Orientalism, which is a seminal work for the left wing and anti-colonial, you know, anti-Israeli uh, academic viewpoint. So he was a professor at Columbia University.
2: So uh I think this is the way to go. I said earlier, GW's been calling me asking for money. I said when they changed the name from Colonials, I knew that there was something sick in the foundation of the university, that they would have allowed that to happen. I said, no, I'm not giving money to them. Uh, and I haven't been pleased with the way that they've responded to student idiocy that's happened on campus, uh, anti-Jewish sentiment, anti-Jewish protest. Leon Cooperman's fired up. He's given $50 million. He's a billionaire. He's got a lot of money he could give. Here's what he had to say about the way Colombia has responded to this.
0: There was a student walkout at Colombia just a couple of hours ago driven by Columbia professor Joseph Mossad who called the Hamas attack, quote, awesome. Where are we in the world when 1,300 Israeli civilians I think these slaughtered- kids at the
3: colleges have for brains. We have one reliable ally in the Middle East that's Israel. One democracy in the Middle East that's Israel. And we have one economy tolerant of different people you know gays lesbians etc that's israel i've given to columbia probably about 50 million dollars over many years and i'm going to suspend my giving i will give my giving to other organizations but i told them that they should fire this professor that made the comments he made
2: when you call the hamas attack awesome i understand tenure and i understand the concepts of academic freedom and again we're talking about students i think faculty when you have someone who is teaching students and they are saying that the murder of 13, 1400 innocent Jews is awesome, I, I, I find it hard to believe that that fulfills the, the requirements for tenure. Uh, it's
1: honestly, we, we, we've seen a darkness in the soul of the left. That is not going to be forgotten by millions and millions of Americans for a very long time. I mean, there is something deeply twisted and really sadistic. And and let's just be honest about it. Deeply and virulently anti-Semitic. There is an underlying hatred of Jews from a, a whole range of these different voices and opinions that then is the, the, the engine, if you will, the sort of propulsion mechanism for these protests and for these rationalizations and for this pretense that this was like martyrs doing some glorious. These were vicious, sadistic murderers of innocent people who gained nothing for anyone other than the eternal damnation of their souls. That's what I think.
2: I think that's well said. I also think it has been incredibly eye-opening for many people out there to see the depths of anti-Semitism that still exists, particularly in the left wing in this country.
4: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner.